Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton christian ministry is a privilege and it's a blessing serving the lord jesus christ is the greatest use of your life there is because it is eternal work i don't know of any other job you could do any other thing you can be involved in that is eternal. It is a privilege and a blessing to serve the Lord. So many times among those who follow Christ, you'll hear grumbling about having to serve here or there or having to go to this worship or that study. This was the view of God's priests. They were tired of serving God and felt burdened by leading people toward God. Today, Pastor Dan will challenge you to view serving God as a privilege and an honor instead of a burden and hassle. You may grow tired in God's work, but don't ever grow tired of God's work. He'll strengthen you as you serve Him faithfully. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Malachi chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. leading the people to disobey God's word. The priests were leading the people to just dismiss God's word. You don't have to believe that part. You don't have to obey that. The priests were supposed to be the shepherds of the people, the the, the watchmen on the wall, watching over them, protecting them, teaching them to honor God and his word, holding the line. The priests should have been the ones saying, hey, you can't bring that in the temple. It's blind. It's lame. It's got three legs. You can't offer that to God. And instead, the priests were leading the way and disobeying God's word and telling people it's okay to disobey God's word. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to obey this verse or this section of Scripture. You know who's leading people astray in the church today? The priests and the pastors. It's the same thing. That's why God has so much to say to the priests. And the Old Testament, because it starts with them. And it's the same today. It's the priests and the pastors from the pulpit. Leading congregations astray. James chapter three, verse one says teachers will receive a stricter judgment because they're teachers. Peter uh, says that the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth. That the church should be the one place in a community where the truth of God's word is upheld. But it's got to be upheld by the pastor and from the pulpit or by the priests. You know, over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Timothy chapter 4, 
Here, Paul writes to Timothy, who is a young pastor in Ephesus. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Fables are just made up things, right? And so he's saying here to Timothy, you preach the word in season, out of season, whether it's popular, unpopular, you just stick to preaching the word. And he warns that there will be a time when people will choose to turn away from sound doctrine, turn away from the truth, and they'll actually heap up for themselves teachers. There will be teachers who will tell them what they want to hear who will stop proclaiming sound doctrine and the truth and will start proclaiming just made-up stuff, fables. And here, it's the priests. It's the priests who are driving this thing. And sadly, it's usually the priests or the pastors. Look again at verse 8. He says in verse 8, When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? Because it really shows what they think about God and honoring God and, and the low value they put on God. When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Then he says, offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? You, you would never give an offering like this to your governor. You, you would never serve Uh, the president of your HOA leftovers for dinner, right? You wouldn't do that. That would be embarrassing to give the president of the HOA leftovers. But they were giving their leftovers to God. You, you, You wouldn't do it for someone as low as the president of the HOA but you're willing to give your leftovers to God. They, they were more careful to show respect and honor to, to human leaders than to God. They were treating God in a way that they would never treat a human being. They would never show a human being that level of disrespect and dishonor. They would be embarrassed or ashamed to show a human that level of disrespect and dishonor. And so, you know, as we look at this passage for us, there's some questions for us to ask ourselves, you know, Do I treat people better than I treat God? Do I show people more respect than I do God? Do I honor people more than I honor God? Do I care more about what people think about me than what God thinks about me? Do I take God into consideration when I make decisions the way I take people into consideration when I make decisions? Do I tell God how much I appreciate him? And how thankful I am for him. The way that I tell people my appreciation and thankfulness. Do I give God my leftovers? Or do I give him my best? Do I give him the leftover time in my life? After I've done everything that I want to do. Right? And I'm I'm not talking to anybody here. You guys are out on a Thursday night. Right? I mean, I'm talking about the people that aren't here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But... But do I give him my leftovers? After I've done everything I want to do. 
Do I give him what's left? Do I give him my leftover energy? Do I give him my leftover talents? Do I give him my leftover money? My leftover resources? When there's little or nothing left. Okay, God, here you go. I can give you, you know, a little bit of time today. Am I only willing to give God junk? Things that are unimportant to me or worthless to me or things that I don't really need or things that I don't really care about, things I can't really use anyways? Or do I give him my best? You know, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, In all things, Jesus should have preeminence. Preeminence. First place. First priority in all things in my life. Not, not second place after me, after I've done everything for me that I want. And okay, Lord, now it's your turn. Not second place, not, not third place af- after me and after all the people that are important to me. And then, okay, Lord, then there's your time. Jesus should have first place in all things in your life. And his place in your life is demonstrated by your actions, by your attitude, by your worship, by your service to him. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says we should make our lives a living sacrifice to God. Our lives should be put on the altar, all of ourselves, all of, all of our life, surrendered to him and put upon the altar. That's what we're called to do. And Romans 12, 1 says this is your reasonable service. In light of what Jesus Christ has done for us and dying on the cross for our sins and taking all of our punishment and all of our penalty to provide forgiveness and salvation for us. Paul says in Romans 12, this is just a reasonable response. This is the logical response to what Jesus has done for you. You make your whole life a living sacrifice to him. The Israelites were bringing their leftovers and bringing their junk. To God that they couldn't use, that they didn't want, that had no value to them. He goes on in verse 9 to say, But now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us while this is being done by your hands. Will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? They, they entreat God. They want God to bless them. They want God to be gracious to them. They want God to show his favor to them while at the same time they're, they're bringing their leftovers, their worthless junk, these lame and blind and diseased Animals insulting God with their offerings, showing how little they value him. And God says, well, while this is being done by you, you think I will accept you favorably? You think you think I will bless you while you're insulting me and dishonoring me with these offerings that you're bringing? Look at verse 10. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain, I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. In verse 10, God says, I wish there was someone among you that would have the courage to shut the temple doors completely and just close the whole thing down and put a stop to these sacrifices that I have no pleasure in at all. And again, I think for us, we should ask ourselves, does God have pleasure and my offerings to him, the things that I bring to him? Or, or would he say, please just stop? Please just stop playing games. 
please just shut it down. I'd, I'd rather you not offer me anything at all than give me what you're giving me and insulting me. I'm not interested in what you're offering. Now look at verse 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles in every place. Incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Right in the middle of this confrontation, he drops this prophecy about the Gentiles. The Gentiles, he says here, from the rising of the sun even to its going down, the idea with that is is around the world. The Gentiles around the world, the non-Jews, he says, will honor God and will offer a pure offering to God. That's being fulfilled in our day. That's being fulfilled here tonight. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. As I would assume probably most of us here are Gentiles or non-Jews and we're here and we're worshiping Jesus Christ and we're honoring Him. We're part of the fulfillment of this prophecy Here in Malachi, that Gentiles all around the world will honor God through Jesus Christ. You go all around the world, you find Christians worshiping God, honoring him. But you profane it and that you say, well, the table of the Lord is defiled and its fruit, its food is is contemptible. You also say, again, he's talking to the priests here. Oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. The the priests saw the ministry of the temple as as a burden, as a a hassle. Oh, what a weariness. And they they sneer at, at serving the Lord. Just think about this. They, they sneer at helping people approach God. They sneer at the opportunity to help people come before God and worship. They sneer at helping people atone for their sins through making a sacrifice and, and getting their life right with, with God. It, it's a hassle. It's a burden. Oh, I got to go to the temple again today and serve. All these people wanting to pour out their hearts before God. But there's some Christians like that too. Oh, don't ask me to serve in children's ministry. Oh, don't ask me to help with coffee. Sneer. It's wearisome. You know, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like an old guy here. 
for a moment. I, I see, I'm not really on social media. My wife is, so I look at her social media. Uh, and what I see, especially a young, among younger people that come into the ministry, they talk about the ministry as if it's some kind of hassle or it's some kind of burden. It's so hard. And ministry is so, Christian ministry is so hard. Christian ministry is a privilege. And it's a blessing. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest use of your life there is. Because it is eternal work. I don't know of any other job you could do. Or any other thing you can be involved in that is eternal. It is a privilege and a blessing to serve the Lord. And and again, I I read online, I hear people, I see people post things on, you know, ministry, social media sites and stuff. And they talk about how hard the ministry is and they complain about how hard it is and how hard the people is and how weary they are from all the people. Listen, digging ditches is hard. I would imagine roofing is pretty hard, especially for someone like me who burns pretty easily in the sun. (laughs) Getting shot at by a sniper, that's hard. Serving the Lord is a joy. Serving the Lord is a blessing. We get to serve the Lord. We, we, We get to tell people about Jesus Christ. We get to tell people that their sins can be forgiven. That they can be reconciled to God. That they can have the assurance of eternal life. We get to tell people they can be a new creation. The old things pass away. Everything's made new. We get to prepare people for heaven. You know, what does Paul talk about? What is my crown? My glory is you and the presence of Jesus Christ. That's my crown. That's my glory. That's what I'm living for. That's the trophy. That's the reward. Is seeing the people that he ministered to in the presence of Jesus Christ on that day. There's no other job like that. There's no other job like that. It's a great privilege. It's a great blessing to serve the Lord. Now, we can get tired in the work, but we should never tire of the work. And the priests in Malachi's day, they were tired of the work. If you get tired of the work, something's wrong. Something's wrong in your heart. And and you need to ask God to reveal that to you. You need to ask God to forgive you. And you need to ask God to fill you with his spirit. And fill you with his power. So that you can do the work of the ministry in the power of the spirit and not in your own strength. Now, look at verse 13 again, and we're we're almost finished. So they are saying the ministry is such a weariness. They sneer at it every time they've got to serve. Every time somebody's coming, wants to make an offering. Look what he says. And you bring the stolen, the lame and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? They were bringing stolen animals. You're really missing the whole Christian message, I think, when you're stealing stuff to offer it to God. But here here they were like, you know, like you you sin, you need to make an offering for your sin. I I don't want to offer one of my lambs. I'll go steal one of my neighbor's lambs. Then I'll go up to the, okay, yeah, I sinned. I need to make an offering. 
Like, this is how off they were. And God says, should I, should I accept this? Should I accept these stolen goods from you? This stolen lamb that you're offering? Look at verse 14. But cursed be the deceiver who has, who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but he sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. You can stop right there. What they, so the law, the law of Moses says if you have a male in your flock, that's, that was more valuable than a female in your flock, and you were to offer the best to the Lord. And so if you had a male in your flock, you were to offer that male to the Lord. There were people who had a male in their flock, but instead of offering that male, they said, well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just take this old, you know, blind lamb, and I'll offer that instead. Thinking they could deceive God. That God won't know. That I actually have a male, a healthy male back home. But hey, Lord, this is all I've got. This is the best I've got in my whole flock, is this tired old lamb here uh, that I'm giving to you. He says, Cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. Now look at the next phrase. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is to be feared among the nations. Now to me, that is one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. That the God of the universe has to say, I am a great king. But he has to say those words. I am a great king and my name is to be feared among the nations. He even has to say that. It's just sad, isn't it? And he is a great king. And his name is to be feared or reverenced among all people. You know, it's, it's good for us, again, to ask the question, am I offering my best to God? Or am I just fitting them into my life and into my schedule wherever I can after I've done all the things that are priorities to me and important to me, then I'll give them what's left over. Does Jesus have first place in my life? Is he preeminent in every area of my life? And if not, he needs to be. He is a great king. He is the king of kings. And Lord of Lords. And he is worthy of being preeminent in our lives. And receiving all glory and honor and praise. And position in our lives. And Lord, we thank you so much for Malachi. We thank you for this opening chapter. And really, Lord, uh, just challenging verses for us. And I pray, Lord, that you, you really are preeminent in each of our lives. I pray, Lord, that you really do have first place in all things. And Lord, that we really are giving you what you deserve and what you are worthy of because you're a great king and you deserve to be honored and you deserve to be revered by us, Lord, because you saved us and you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light and you died for us. And you've made us your sons and daughters. You've given us eternal life, Lord. You are worthy of all glory, all praise, and all honor that we can give. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time. But if you have any questions or would like to talk or share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. Are you looking for additional messages from this series? You can find them at calvaryec.com as well under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Malachi. Pastor Dan will help bring some clarity to what this book is about, so be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Reach true.